Investor intelligence provides general information only. You should consider seeking independent advice to see how this information relates to your unique circumstances. Please refer to the terms and conditions available at investorintelligence.com.au for more. Welcome to this week's episode of Investor Intelligence, your weekly podcast on all things investment, hosted by me, Jacob Kearns. Joining me today is a guest we've had on a few times, our mentor team leader, Malika, and she will be going over the importance of developing a strategy and how it can really help you stick to your goals and achieve your goals faster. Hi, Malika. Hey, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So why is it important to develop a strategy beyond I want to make money? Yeah, really good question, actually. Um... It's so important because it's not all about just making money. It's about actually what are you wanting to achieve? So yes, you might want to be making money. That's great. But what do you actually want to achieve by making that money? What is that money going to help you get for your life? Like what's it going to give you longer term? So it's really important to make sure that you have a strategy to make that money, as you would say, but to actually understand the reasons why behind it. And what are the risks if someone doesn't have a strategy? So many. I mean, the simplest risk is, well, how are you going to get there? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Is that the saying? That's the right one, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like anything in life, whether you're building a property portfolio, whether you're planning a holiday, if you don't have a plan, you're not going to have the best time on your holiday, right? Right. You're not going to get to eat at that restaurant you wanted to eat at or go see that beautiful mountain or cliff because you didn't plan it or pre-book it. And it's the same when you're building a property portfolio. If you don't have a plan to get those results, how are you going to get there? Yeah. So where should someone start in developing their strategy? Another great question, Jacob. I would just say the best place to start is, first of all, just like I was just saying, what are the goals? Like, why do you want to build a portfolio? Like, really, what do you want to get out of it? So think about those ultimate goals long term as well, not just the immediate, not just thinking in the next two years, let's think 15, 20 years and and beyond if we can, depending on where we're at when we're starting our portfolio, of course, but have a think about those, understand the reasons why you want to achieve that, and then take a step back and reflect on where you're currently at and do a little bit of a self audit on yourself. So what if someone isn't quite sure on what their goals are or what they want to get out of life? Where should they start then? Yeah, do you know what, actually, I find that pretty much all of my members find this task the hardest. And I even did myself, we all think we know what we want, and what we really want to achieve. But when you're confronted with it, and you're sitting down and you're reviewing it, you're like, oh, I don't don't really know. And I think that's why really being honest with yourself and asking yourself some tough questions on your whys. You know, why do I get out of bed every day? What seriously really does make me happy? It's not having five holidays a year, but why do those five holidays a year make me happy? Is it because my family might live overseas and having those five holidays a year mean that I can go see my family? It's really understanding that truth about what makes you tick. 
Yeah. Right. And that's actually a really hard task. Not many people have ever had to do that. Yeah. So are there any other questions you typically ask your members to really understand what they want to achieve? Yeah, I often ask my members to think about what their current lifestyle looks like, you know, what they're doing day in, day out, just on the on the regular basis, Monday to Friday and the weekends. And is that the same lifestyle that they want in the future? Or are they wanting to change certain things there? Is there certain things there that could make them happier? Or is there's certain things there that they just don't need to be doing anymore. Right. I find that can really help just reflecting upon your day to day. Yeah. So once you've got your ultimate goals and you know where you want your life to be, what's the process to work backwards and figure out the strategy? So exactly that. So we, we've got our ultimate goal. We want to work backwards from that. But how do we create that strategy? And the first step, like I mentioned at the beginning, was do a self order. So where are you at now? Where are you at today? And I'm not just talking in terms of your lifestyle and those goals, but financially, do a financial health check of yourself. Where are you at with that readiness? Where are you at with your budgeting? Where are you at with your career? Have you got any career progressions going soon? Are you planning to get married soon? Babies soon? Whatever it might be. Figure out where you're at now. And then from there, you need to start speaking to the right people. Again, talking about a team, right? You've got your self-audit. You've got your ultimate goals. And you want to build a portfolio. So you've ticked off three things, okay? Mm-hmm. Now we need to go speak to a mortgage broker. Get an understanding on your financial readiness. Do a financial health check with the broker. Sit down with an accountant to see where you're currently at with your end of financials or you might be needing to structure your portfolio in a certain way depending on the results you're wanting to achieve. So it could be looking at reducing your income tax. So sit down with the accountant, have a conversation with the right risk planners, make sure you've got all the right insurances in place. It's making sure you've got that team to be able to help you take those next steps. So once you know really what you want to achieve, you can then bring that to the right people and they can give you guidance on exactly how to achieve that. Absolutely. Unless this is your profession, you're never going to be able to understand which direction to go. That's why we have professionals, right? They're there for a reason. So what if someone was trying to do this by themselves? How would they go about that? Well, you can't because you can't obtain a loan by yourself unless you're a mortgage broker. You can't look at risk planning and structures of your portfolio and set up trust yourself without an accountant. Like you need those people. Yeah, when you are at a point of looking for that property. What sort of research do you typically do? Yeah, I mean, look, there's hundreds of, of different factors and points that you'll be looking at but yeah of course you want to be making sure you're looking at the right data points so for example what local infrastructure is being developed in that area is the government investing and pumping in money in that area to keep growing that area is there any town planning going on what schools and amenities or amenities as you Aussie say is in that area how far away are you from the freeways is there any expansions on any of the local roads there there's so much that you need to consider but then also does it fit into your price point there's a lot there to look at and then of course you need to run your cash flow forecasting because one size doesn't fit all like a property that might work for me Jacob might not work for you because we're in different situations we've got very different goals all these different things so we need to run a cash flow forecast to make sure it's actually achieving the results that we want to achieve as an individual right and we did cover a lot about actually sourcing the property with one of our recent podcasts with Herman Mm. let's go into a little bit of how your investing time frame influences your property selection 
time. Yeah, okay. So there's so much on that time frame because it really depends on how old you are right now, how many years you are to hitting that longer term goal. Also depends on how far you're at with your financial readiness and how much longer it might take you to become financially ready. But let's say for an example, you could be right at the beginning of building your portfolio and you are in your mid to late 20s. You know you've got time on your side. You're starting at the perfect time, but you know you're going to have at least 20 years until the potential maybe retirement that you're looking to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. But then say you're starting your property portfolio in your maybe your 40s or your mid 50s, your time frame's slightly smaller than what it would be for someone in their 20s. So it's making sure you're finding the right types of property at those times. You know, there might be a point in your portfolio where you need something that's going to be heavier in cash flow. You need more cash flow coming in from that property or you need a property to be able to leverage off. So we need to find something that's going to grow in capital growth for you. Those types of things are really important. Right. So if someone had a bit more time, maybe early 30s, Mm -hmm. are they looking at more capital growth opportunities? It honestly depends. So, for example, if you're in your early 30s and you're starting your property portfolio, but your financial readiness might not be as strong as somebody else in their 30s, so you've got a certain budget to be using, right? Yeah. Realistically, you know you might not be able to go and afford a property that's going to cost you 600000 You might be looking at a lower budget. So that if your budget's around that four four fifty mark, you know you're going to be looking at an apartment, right? You're not going to be getting a, a two-bedroom townhome for four four fifty. Whereas you've got a budget of 600,000, you're most likely going to be able to look at something like that. That's just the facts. Apartments are amazing. Um, They fit in your portfolio so well. But again, it's just that one size doesn't fit all. Time frames and timelines are so important, but there isn't such thing as a time frame for everyone that's going to suit. We're all going to have such different time frames. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to have a bit of a preference between apartments versus housing. Mm. And as you've spoken about before, it does come down to your emotional readiness. Mm -hmm. What does that conversation look like if someone might be opposed to buying an apartment? The conversation looks like being realistic expectations versus reality actually be real with yourself if you're looking at building a property portfolio or you want to obtain another one in in your current portfolio but your budget is sitting around that 450 mark you know that you're going to get an apartment and it doesn't mean apartments are bad apartments are great luke harris the founder of this business he's got many apartments he probably couldn't even count how many he's got Mm. on one hand it's just being realistic and understanding what what is doable for you right now and what's not you know and then i assume it comes back to your goals and what you want to achieve if you've got these big dreams of hitting your retirement and having Mm -hmm. a lot of properties then you're going to need whatever you can get really and if an apartment's going to help you get there quicker then you should take that opportunity right i'd rather take an opportunity and get an apartment now than wait and try save another 24 months to be able to get something for more because by the time I've gotten myself there or you've gotten yourself there that property you were trying so hard to save up for over the last 24 months it's going to be out of your budget again so you're just going to be chasing your tail yeah okay Malika so say I come to you and Mm -hmm. I've spent five years saving Mm -hmm. up for a deposit I've got fifty thousand dollars and I know that I want to get into property in the next two years but I'm I'm scared I'm going to get priced out and I'm going to keep chasing my tail what do I do 
Yeah, really good question. You're not the only one that would be looking like that. You know, that's that's true for a lot of us because it does take a long time to save. But look, we can look at something called what we'd call like the leapfrog strategy. So we could um, say you've come to us, you've got or you've come to me and we're having a conversation and you're saying, hey, Malika, I've got my $50,000 deposit. I don't want to get priced out the market. My mortgage broker has told me I can borrow up to 500000 So, okay, that's great, Jacob. We could start looking at more so off the plan opportunities for you. You could look at securing something that needs a 10% deposit now that might be settling in the next 12 to 18 months time where you've then got that time frame to save up the remaining purchasing costs. Right. And in that 12 to 18 months time, because you've done your self-audit on yourself, you've created up a budget plan, you've really checked out your financial readiness, you stick to your plan to save those remaining costs... The property settles in 12, 18 months time, settles at that 500,000 that you secured it at, and it may have even already grown in, in value already. So you can hopefully eventually leverage off that. Yeah, um, and then using the equity to go onto your next property. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So two things with that. Firstly, what happens if you don't achieve those goals and in the time maybe something comes up and you're unable to pay the remainder of the deposit, what happens with that then? Look, that's when you definitely need to be talking to you know, your conveyance site before you even sign a contract you're going to understand what that might look like but the long story short is you've got to hit that you've got to achieve it right yeah. you're you've planned you've put a plan together unless some awful life event happens that's again why it's really important to have that team of people around you because you might be able to get your conveyancer to help you then but at the end of the day you've got a plan you've got to stick to it and you've got to achieve it right and yeah. it's just making sure that you continue doing those right steps for yourself you're not going to make those decisions with that in the back of your mind because you're going to know everything thing that you're going to need to do to be able to achieve that. And a lot of people also have an aversion to buying off the plan. Mm -hmm. Maybe they've heard the horror stories of buying off a dodgy developer. How can you overcome that bias? Uh, It's not about overcoming that bias, to be honest. It's it's about education and understanding. A bit like when we were talking about the planning and that point when we get to the property selection phase, there's so much due diligence work that you're going to be doing as the investor, as the purchaser on the property you're going to be purchasing. So you're going to be checking out who's building my property. What's their reputation? You know, what have they done in the past? Those things you're going to look at before you even take that step to purchasing it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fair to say that there are obviously bad off the plan opportunities, but there are also really good ones as well. Don't know if there's bad opportunities. I mean, there's bad everything out there. It's just making sure you're taking the right opportunity to suit you. So do you have an example of a member that you've worked with where having that strategy has really helped when things haven't gone to plan? Yeah, definitely. You know, like you said, things in life can happen. Um, Redundancies, for example, can happen. And I did have a member that unfortunately did lose their job through no fault of their own. But luckily, we had enough time. Back to time frames, time was on that person's side, luckily. So again, and just working really closely with their mortgage broker and, and myself in this example when looking for a new job to replace the income that they've lost through that redundancy before taking any next steps they would make sure that they spoke to their mortgage broker to make sure they know that their baseline pay needs to be at a certain level to be able to still obtain the loan for when the property does settle right. so you know sometimes yeah things happen in life but if you're still talking to the team you're working it through you'll still manage to you know achieve those results it's just yeah. you might have to change it up a little bit on the on the direction and the course that you're taking. And how long should someone or how often, sorry, should someone be reviewing their plan and strategy? Oh, look, I do goal setting reviews in my members three times a year. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really important because life
life does change and evolve quickly. Yeah. You know, this time last year, we probably all wanted something very different to what we might want yeah. now, right? So I think at least three three times a year is healthy because you're just aligning, checking, clarifying your goals. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So I guess that's good to remember that your initial goals and strategy that you set isn't rigid, you know, that can change and adapt depending on your situation yeah. and what happens. Yeah, 100%. You've got to be flexible and, re- again, realistic because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I've had members where we've got their plan, we've got their goals, and they've had beautiful news and they've got a baby on the way. And that may have not originally been part of their plan for this year, for example, but it's happened and that's amazing. And now we're just going to be a bit more bendy and flexible around them still achieving those results. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So if someone was listening to this, what would be the most important thing to take away from this conversation? Just being honest with yourself, understanding your why, understanding your goals and really being honest with yourself audit as well on where you're at today. Yeah. There's a great analogy in Luke Harris's second book, Property Fit, that I think is really relevant to this. It involves a Mexican fisherman and an American businessman. The businessman says to the fisherman after spending some time catching some fish that he didn't quite have as many fish as he could have. The fisherman said that he had enough to feed his family and he was going to go spend the time doing siestas, drinking wine, partying with his friends. And the businessman sort of scoffed and said, look, I could help you catch more fish, use the proceeds to buy a bigger boat, build a fleet, and then we can go open a cannery in New York and you can eventually build your business up and sell it for millions. And the Mexican fisherman replies, oh, wow, millions. What would I do with all that money? The businessman says, well, you can retire in Mexico, spend your time fishing, siestering with your family and drinking wine. And the point is that you don't necessarily have to achieve all your goals to be doing the things that you want. You can start doing a lot of stuff today. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Thanks for your time, Malika. Thanks for having me, Jacob. It's fun. If you found this episode or any of our episodes helpful, please make sure to share and leave a rating to help us reach more people on their investing journeys. And of course, subscribe to be notified when new episodes drop. Make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram at Investor Intelligence Podcast. You can find links to our other socials in the show notes, including a link to the Property Mentors weekly blog. If you're ready to get your property portfolio in shape for financial freedom, check out Luke's latest book, Property Fit. You can get yourself a copy at www.propertyfitbook.com.au.